What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had Brandon Petrie on the show, and we had ourselves uh, less of an interview and more of a conversation. Um, me, Petrie, Hotel Room, San Antonio, Texas. I think that should sell a podcast alone, and hell, maybe even a video. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a great conversation, and I think it was an episode that I needed, uh, and I think that you guys, the listeners, are going to really enjoy yourselves. Um, we talked about the Arnold Pro Finals that's going to be happening this Saturday. We're both competing in it. We're both in the finals, and we talk about our journey, what the Arnold means to us, uh, just kind of stories of our past Arnold experiences and how good of an event it is, uh, as well as uh, just talking about the competitors who are competing alongside us at the Pro Finals the sport as a whole, the landscape of the current sport, the talent that's in the sport, and yeah, just a conversation that goes in different areas, and it was it was really good to have. Uh, Petrie is a good friend of mine. We talk a lot at the gym about this stuff uh, when we work out together, and it was really good to hit the record button and discuss these things just in, uh, in a setting that's conducive to a good conversation. So Really good episode. I think you guys are going to really like it. Pro Finals this Saturday. I think it's going to get people excited for it as well. Make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review um, on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're going to twowhitelights.com. Subscribe there and also check out the merchandise we have. We just sold all of the slides, but we still have hoodies and shirts available to you. Also, make sure you are going to leftlarbros.com. Get yourself some Leftlar Bros merch. Look good head to toe on the platform, off the platform, in the gym, outside of the gym. Use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. And also, I forgot, CB's birthday is coming up, so make sure you guys are wishing him a happy birthday. And without further ado, here it is, two white lights. with me which a lot of people wish they could say this brandon petrie in a hotel room <laughs> i know a lot of people are like that would be great to say that they have brandon petrie in a hotel room alone and i have that <laughs> why i gave him this i don't know and now i instantly regret it after that statement but yes i am yeah. in a hotel room with angelo Fortino. yeah i i'm possibly the luckiest man in powerlifting and I, I, I want someone to refute that. But yeah, I got that's, Brandon Petrie. That's San just ridiculous. But go ahead. You're good. <laughs> Brandon Petrie here in San Antonio. And you know what? This is what I was thinking. The Arnold's coming up. That's we right. got we to gotta have a show on Monday. We're both competing at the Arnold. Let's talk about competing at the Arnold. Let's talk about us being competitors. And also in-person interviews are just 20 times better than calling someone on Zoom. Yeah, because I'm actually looking at you... In your real eyes, yeah, and not just pixels, and not talking over each other, and like doing the thing where wait, yeah. you don't, uh, no, 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 you go, oh, 
you, and then I have to edit all that shit out. Which I, I know you listen to the show enough where I don't do it. No. I say I'm gonna edit out, and I just, I just leave every, all it's, the gaps. It stays in. there. Oh, I gotta edit that out, and it's like, okay, I heard that, so he didn't edit it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel as if with this Arnold coming up, we should talk about it. Yeah, I mean, we should talk about the experience. Talk about how it's gonna be. I, for one, am really excited to get back there. I haven't been to the Arnold since 2019. That was pre-COVID, and that was when it was popping. It was, it was cool. It was nice. It was good. And I've been waiting anxiously to get back to the real Arnold, which I believe this year it would be. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping it's a real Arnold because I was at 2019 Arnold, and that was, that was one of the big contributing factors of me wanting to do the USAPL. It was, I saw the C-Pod at first, and I'm like, whoa. I was I was just blown away by the LED screens. Yeah, no, the, the C-Pod, like, for me, I went to Nationals, of course, in 2018, and I, I saw the, the production, and the yeah. power of the thing was still fairly new to me, but when I got to the Arnold, and I saw the fire background, like, them putting your name on the screen, just the, the, the lights turned off, the center of attention really being placed upon you, that was an atmosphere that... I never experienced that was that was crazy yeah I, I i remember this going into the c-pod and yeah like you said like it was the led screens and i never been to a nationals even to compare it to anything this is when i was not in the usapl doing the local apf meets um even their national meets were local meets and it was that i saw it was really I'm like this is really cool and it seems very serious it seems very professional but it was when i went out into the expo and the Grand Prix was happening. It wasn't the Grand Prix. It was a bench. It was the pro bench. Mm. And I didn't know what the pro bench like was. I was confused. I thought it was a powerlifting meet just regularly. And just seeing the stage and them overlooking this mass amount of people. And right when I got there, TD smashed and proposed to his now wife. Okay. Yeah. Right when yeah. I got into the expo and I was just like, was oh, that's idea. awesome. And I saw Gino. They were throwing like, t-shirts in the audience. And I asked my friend, Matt Wallace, who was with me. I'm like, Okay, so I saw USAPL meet in the C-Pod. What's that? He's like, oh, that's a Grand Prix stage or like the big stage. You do like pro deadlift, pro bench. Um, but like the Grand Prix is like the, the best of the best lifters in the Arnold weekend. And I'm like, this is what powerlifting is? Like this is what I like potentially I could do? I was just like wanting to be a fan into it. And then, you know, fast forward – Last year, I'm in the Grand Prix, but this year is is a bit unique. This year is honestly what I feel as if the people who did the Grand Prix before wish they had. This yeah. year with the finals, everything that we have going into it, just with the production that's going to be there, with just the focus on the lifters, of which it is at this caliber right now with where powerlifting is, when I was in 2019 and I saw the Grand Prix back then, that was a big motivating factor for me. I wanted to be like, oh, I want to be called like one of the best of the best and mm -hmm. compete with these people. And I think back then they were competing with Wilkes for the Grand Prix. I think so. I'm and not sure. We'll have to double check that. Who knows? Yeah. But I think it was Wilkes and I always thought that was really cool because that was one of the first times that I even saw, I believe, uh, Sam Calhoun perform in person. And I believe that was, uh, I saw Charles Apoco. I believe was a part of the... Yeah, I think it, it was Atwood. I think it was uh, Keith McHoney. Keith. I think he was part of that one, too. Yeah. That was either 2018 or 2019. I can't remember. Like, I didn't see the actual Grand Prix. I just looked at the stage. Me neither. And they told me... And one, I'm like, cool fucking name. Grand Prix. Yeah. 
I like that name. That sounds very prestigious and something that is a, a, a spectacle in an event. Um, but I just remember when I'm like, I just want to compete at the Arnold like this one day. It will be cool to compete. I didn't even think – when they say best of the best USAPL, I'm like, no, nah, that's probably not going to happen by, by, by next year for sure and probably like in my powerlifting career because I was still thinking about, you know, maybe USPA is the right uh, option for me. But this is this is the best of the best in the USAPL right now. That are going to be completing at the pro finals, and it's one of those. Um, I guess doing two white lights is kind of those frustrating things where it's we could bitch and moan all we want about the lack of promotion, maybe the the disorganization with the meet itself, and then not actually focus on what the meet is, right. which is really really good lifters competing at once. Yeah, at the Arnold, even with the lack of promotion, at the end of the day. Next week, or whenever this episode airs, on Saturday, March 4th, eyes are going to be glued to a full day of just amazing lifters going at it. I mean, from even going from the amateur, which is pretty much like a pro amateur, uh, going from that all the way leading into the finals, you have history pretty much being made all day. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare that you could say that within a power with me, to where you literally get to see possibly unofficial world records being broken you get to see things that were never thought to have happened at certain body weights come to fruition and you get to see massive juggernauts go head to head Mm. all day long it's it's gonna be a special day no matter the lack of promotion when everyone starts lifting on saturday people are gonna start hearing about it and you will be watching and it will be fun to watch yeah it sucks that like i'm part of two white lights and it turns me into a bit of a cynic like in the sport, deeper you get, and I think the better you get in the sport, you get more cynical. Yeah. Um. I don't know. If, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just an asshole. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean. The, the, <laughs> maybe. The, the, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just. I mean, that's part. I mean, there's a part of <laughs> asshole in there. But for the uh, majority, the deeper we are into this sport, we just look at it with a different lens, mm-hmm. and we're just truly just we're critical of it because we want it to grow. We want it to be the best it can be, and when some things are missing. It's very yeah. easy for us to just like zone in on that because we're like, oh, like it could have been this if you just would have. But at the end of the day, we're still going to do it. Yeah. And it's still going to be badass. We yeah. Just, it, you know. It's going to be fun. It, it's more like looking back on it. And because I, I think I talked about this when, I don't know what it was, Power Thing America preview show. It could have been, it was just an episode of Two White Lights where it's like I'm answering too much questions about production and promotion and all these things like Instagram pages and like, where what happened? How did that? How did I get there? It's how did I get to a point where I'm thinking about the commentary and the team of the commentary and who's controlling the live stream? But by the way, White Lights Media UK, fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I'm actually really there. happy about that. Yeah, we're good there. Yeah, good I'm, there. I'm really happy about that. But it's like where to where did I start caring about that in correlation to the meet I'm going to be doing? Because if you ask me in 2019. That you're going to be competing at the Arnold in 2022, and you're going to be a high level lifter, and you're going to have, um, you're going to be on the main stage, really, or you're going to be on the the best of the best meet. Like this is the greatest news I possibly have heard in my life. Like that would that might that in that time in 2019, if you told me that, yeah. just based on how, how my life was, like in 2022, 
2023, you're going to be at the main stage with the Arnold. You even told me Grand Prix, like, this is incredible news. This is amazing. And I have to, like, go back and realize, like, stop focusing too much on the production of meat. Stop focusing too much on the politics and the organization. You're about to compete at the Arnold. It doesn't even have to be the pro finals. You're going to compete at the Arnold next week. You remember how happy you were in 2020 when you got to compete at the Arnold? Like, listen to that podcast in 2020 about me competing at the Arnold and saying, like, how happy I was I'm going to be competing alongside Johnny Candido. And I met, I actually mentioned Delaney Wallace of possibly winning the meet. Yeah. And, and he did. Like, it, like listen to that then and just me being such a you know, optimist at, at that time. And, I mean, even after that meet, it was like, I, I don't think I was ever happier to meet. Yeah, and now you get to pull that back in this week because I think all of us can have our views on it, but when we touch down in Ohio and we see everything with the sports festival and we see everyone flying in and we see the big atmosphere as soon as we walk in, I'm going to turn into like a little kid. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to remember those feelings that I had when I first went to Arnold back in 2019. And I just, even though it was, just, it was the A7 Raw Challenge and it was – to what people say is like, oh, that's like the rookie or the amateur side of getting in the Arnold. Well, they were all but, technically pro meets. No, the A7 were all challenged because like, they, yeah. they gave money away. That's, so that's right. all. That's, that, those I was a pro back then. Who knew? Yeah. But <laughs> uh, even with that, I really, from that moment in 2019, everything that I experienced then, I know that I'm going to get back to that. Like, I know that I'm going to get back to that. Like, as soon as I touch down and I see everything, my heart's going to get warm. I'm going to be happy. And I'm just going to be f- having fun as a lifter again. I'm not going to be thinking, oh, I really hope the live stream goes well. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be thinking, oh, I hope that they have it to where the audience is having a good view or the lights here or the LED screens or anything like that. I'm, I'm not going to be worried about the viewership of people seeing me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I care about me having a badass performance. I care about me having fun, and then I care about going to the expo after and seeing shit that I haven't seen in a long time. Like yeah. this, I've been kind of out of touch even with just the fitness scene in general because of being so zoned in into powerlifting and zoned in into your own life. You forget that there's all these different avenues out here and all these different gimmicks that people are kind of caught into. Yeah. And that's going to be fun to see. Like, I'm, What other weird – there's like – I want to see slap fighting. Like is that there per- this year? They might start oh. banning that shit because it's oh. so insanely. It's, I mean, it's like, so insanely dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> For sure, it is. I mean, we did. I was actually. I was talking about this recently, but because we got kicked out of the. I'm like, we actually got it. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't offended when we got kicked out of the main stage because of slap fighting. Because slap fighting, like uh, people are really, really interested in that. But uh, yeah, yeah grown I was, people. I, one by one, taking turns, slapping without defending out. themselves. You're just no putting defense. their hands behind their back, and really, it's the sport is whoever first gets a concussion loses. Pretty much. So yeah, um, I don't know if that's gonna be there. I was actually, I actually did want to see it last year, and I was just watching the weigh-ins or something, which was kind of lit still. Like it was pretty like cool watching it, but the Arnold does do that actually. That was that, that. I would say it's the same thing last year because I was dreading the Arnold last year. Um, I was snapped up a little bit. Um, I was going into it just knowing that like this could possibly go really, really bad. And like that's such a bad feeling like to have going into a meet. Like this could go where I'm like get a total seven seventy five or something. Oh. And 
we luckily we were able to manage it. You know, uh, listening to the podcast last year to know exactly how we did that. But it was it, it is there is moments within those meets because I don't know about I'm, I'm going to ask you shortly. Yeah. But competitions take a little bit of a different. Uh, they take a little bit of different meaning once you get good yeah. at it or good at a high level because then it turns into other people. You know, you're trying to catch up to other people, but also you're trying to create distance between them too because you're competing against them. So, you know, if you don't do this, this lifter possibly could beat you at the next meet or has a better total than you going into the next meet. Yeah. And it's like, okay, am I falling down the rankings here? And you're trying to maintain that and you're thinking about all that stuff. And it's not so much more. It's like just peeing are peeing are your total. It, it's it's funny. Like going back into it, if you told me that I would make a five kilo improvement on a, any lift three years ago, and then like you're gonna put ten kilos on your total, like, awesome. That's that's good news. And then like if somebody told me back then you're gonna get pissed off when you only make a ten kilo improvement on your total, how how is that even a thing? Has that have, has that happened to you yet? The, like where it's just it, I mean it's still enjoyable because the grind is like for me it's enjoyable but it has to turn into something that competitions are more serious tone where you're PR in your total by 15 kilos it isn't good enough yeah like I would say that I experienced that going into the Virginia Pro mm-hmm. actually a lot of people probably think like oh man you total 895 like at by the way, 206, like you must be on top of the world, you must be happy, this and that. That wasn't my goal, though. And to where that's a massive PR total for myself. I mean, my last total was 845 at that time. So I put 50 kilos on my total. And I was happy with what I accomplished. But walking away from the meet, I was like, damn, like, you know, damn, like, I should have, like, you know, got this squad, or I wish I would have done this, or this and that, and I'm beating myself up just a little bit, and it's like, dude, you just put 50 kilos on your total. You just squatted 700 pounds. Yeah. You used to never think that you would squat 700 pounds. You pulled 800 fucking pounds. If you would have told me that I was going to pull 800 pounds in 2019, when that was me grinding a 7-Eleven deadlift, yeah. I would have been like, you're full of shit. I'd be like, no way. And then to be like, no, look, and give me a peek into the future, I would lose my shit. Yeah. It was interesting in your case because I would assume that would be kind of your meet where it's like – because 2020 Arnold was that meet for me. Mm. I was talking about this the other day where it's like that was my moment of just pure bliss. And I was like, I'm not going to say the last time I experienced it and it's that is my favorite meet. If I go back to it, that's the most happy I was because – I made a lot of progress. I PR'd my total. I took an American record deadlift. I had a fucking blast too. Like even though it was COVID Arnold, we had a blast afterwards. It was just pure joy from beginning to end. And I think it was because you made progress and it's like, oh, you're you're here now. Like, you know, when you were outside of prime time? Yeah. Uh, now you're actually like, you're gonna get into prime time this year, and it's like you've actually you're starting to make progress. I would assume that the Virginia no, Pro for you. That's Carolina that prime time every it's single time, every single time. Carolina prime time is forever my starting place. I can mm-hmm. I consider that home base. Okay. Because without Carolina prime time, there is no Petri today. I can honestly say that. Yeah. That was the meet to where everything finally clicked for me. That was my first ever nine for nine meet. That was a meet to where I PR'd my total about forty keys. 
because my previous total was 805 and I totaled 845. Oh, yeah, there. that would make sense. So. <laughs> and that's when, I mean, leading into the meet, I just dealt with a lot of adversity, had a lot of life stuff going on. I was hurt, banged up, and finally was coming out of those injuries. And a full, healthy version of myself was actually able to perform on that day. And that's when, not saying like everyone started to know who I was, but that at that moment I became a threat. Mm. And then Virginia Pro capitalized on it. It's like, not a threat, I'm the threat. Mm. And then after that, it was more like, okay, Petrie is someone that you have to beat. Not a contender, but he's you have to yeah. beat him. And after that point, with that much pressure on you, you do start to lose sight of the little things and the little gains because now it's not a matter of do I have a good total or PR by five. It's like, well, you better up it because people are coming. Yeah. So you need to put on even more. Five kilos or 10 kilos on your total isn't going to do it. You're going to need to put it by 20 or 30. At least that's what's going on in my head as a competitor. Mm. I'm always thinking of, okay, I was able to make this progress pretty fast or what seems like pretty fast. What's keeping this other guy or this next guy that's coming up to also make this progress? Yeah. So I got to stay ahead of them. Yeah, uh, that uh, yeah, then that would I think it's I think I, a lot of lifters can say the same thing when they make progress and they make breakthroughs. It's just it's high. Yeah. Like it really, if, if you there is something to it. Like, I think that's why there's twenty thousand people in the USAPL alone, and there's so many people who compete in powerlifting because when you make that progress and you figure that thing out on squat or you figure that thing out on all three of your lifts, and you are able to have that. That that's one meet where everything goes perfectly and you hit a big home run. That is something. I mean, if they bottle that, I'm you know I'm buying that drug. <laughs> I'm buying it every single time because I I do look back at the Arnold 2020 and I'm like I I didn't even care what happened to me that day because it was just I'm I was there and I was just so happy that I was just I'm like oh my I was fucking stoked that Noriega was coaching. I was just stoked about it. I don't know what it was. I'm like, this is cool. Noriega's coaching an athlete while I'm competing. And I was just happy. <laughs> then, like, Candido was deadlifting with me. I'm like, this is fucking cool. And then, you know, Flex was in the – Flex was actually competing. I'm like, I'm like this yeah. is crazy. Like, seeing all these moving parts, seeing all the big-name lifters, being watched by your peers. And I'm like, I, I fucking – I can go eight for nine, seven for nine. I don't give a shit. Like, this is – I'm, I'm here. I've had a good time. I made a lot of progress on my lifts. Um, and you know, to go nine for nine kind of capped everything off. But yeah, it was yeah, like what you were saying, Midwest prime time. That was the meet where I put pressure on myself because people are like, you're going to total 800. And that's what, and then like, you look at those things and it's actually a positive thing people are saying, but then it's like, okay, I, but I don't total 800. I suck. And I'm, and I'm falling behind and Midwest prime time. There's a lot of pressure. Right. To actually do that. And I didn't do it. It didn't come relatively close. I didn't even really even try for it. Um, that moment there, like, it didn't hit at that meet because I think I was too wound up. But we, what we were saying earlier and what you were saying is, like, there's a moment, I think, in every meet where I'm just like, I don't care. I've accepted my fate and this has been fun. Last year at the Arnold, it was just competing, but then hearing the strongman games mm. and then hearing the Grand Prix crowd. Like, Hearing both of them at once, like these massive roars, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be Green today, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I'm having a good time. I'm hitting lifts, and I, you know, I, I will live after this meet if Gruden beats me. You know, I, and I think that's like the balance that we have as lifters is to go in and out of those zones for certain meets, just depending on what you're looking for. 
at least that's how it is for me. Going into nationals, I just needed to execute. I wanted mm-hmm. that win. I didn't really care about the numbers or anything like that. I just wanted to to win. And then, of course, when I saw when it was the sights, that was the first part of the meet where I started actually having fun. It was on that last pool, you know, to get the total that I wanted uh, while still being good. Going into this meet, I'm at a point where I think I'm about to experience that just joyfulness because I get to compete with Bob and Ashen again. And the relationship that we built over the years is so great to where I'm really interested into their performance and I want to see their dreams come true. Mm. And then I get to compete with Sean. I get to compete with you. I get to compete with uh, Dan again. I get to compete with the young young buck Joe. Yeah, that, well, that, that by the way, I got to bring up how crazy that is. It's fucking, it's crazy because go listen to the high school and be like teen, teen and junior nets. Yeah, no. Show we hi- highlighted him, and then I was. I mean, if he beats me, this is going to be the biggest all-time backfire at, at the Arnold. If Joe Bornstein beats me, and I begged him to do nationals, I'm like, you need to do nationals. Like, dude, I can't afford it. I'm like, oh yeah, you're a child. I forgot about that. You are a teenager. I forgot. That. <laughs> Nothing is easy as far as spending money and getting, you know, your travel paid for, or like, or just trying to budget. Yeah, yeah. And now he did Arnold. He did Nationals. Nationals. He's a Pro Series final one. If he wins money, I need to see at least some of it. So, I mean, you. I mean, you pushed him towards. Yeah, I, I'm like, practically <laughs> the reason why yeah, he's getting money. Without Nationals, there's no Arnold. Yeah. And without all of this, I don't even know the PRs that he's hitting. Like, yeah. Who? Like, who knows? I want him to credit me as his coach <laughs> on his next post. And then also, if he gets if he wins money at the Arnold, I just, need a cut of that. You know, ten percent, something small, something small. I, you know, I'm really uh, if that's the case, I'm really hoping he wins. Like that'll just be the easiest thing for me. Just to, <laughs> the and if I get third, fun. What, yeah, yeah. If he gets first and I get third, I'll be like, okay, I get ten percent of his winnings, and then also what I get. So I'm playing the long game here. But that is so damn crazy that I saw him at T Nationals. Didn't even have that good of a meet, but I was just like. Your total is still so damn good that you can podium at nationals. Yeah. And now he's at a position, based on how his training is looking, to potentially get top three at the Arnold Pro Finals. Like, where did this just happen? Like, when I told you to go compete nationals, I didn't think you'd be fucking competing with me at the Arnold Pro Finals. I mean, hell, I didn't think I was going to be at the Arnold Pro Finals uh, at that point. But I didn't think you would be there. Like, I didn't. That, that's not what I was anticipating. I just thought... You're going to get potentially a gold medal or a silver silver medal in your weight class that took a little bit of hit with Perkins out. Now it's like, oh, you might be Austin Perkins. You might be Austin Perkins. Speaking of that, like just going back to pretty much last year, a lot of these lifters that are in the meet, it's, it's actually pretty crazy the rate of progression that everyone's at. Like we can go from like Celine Crone, we can go to Gabby. Mm-hmm. It's just if we were at this point last year or a year and a half ago, and you're doing your podcast and you're mentioning these lifters, no one's thinking, oh, yeah, best of the best, or, yeah, like, this is the person. And now we have Celine Crumb and Gabby going head-to-head with Sam yeah. Cahoon to be the best yeah. female lifter. Like, I mean, right, like, if you, yeah, if you that's told a crazy me, I mean, same as even no split. Even with no split, we're talking about completely different lifters. We are talking, because I'm thinking about it, and if you told me... The USAPL is going to have a pro uh, professional league. 
and there's going to be the 10 best females. Who are you going to put on the list? And these people will still be on the list, but they wouldn't be like the favorites. I would be like, okay, Amanda Lawrence, easy, number yeah. one. Uh, Bonica Brown, Heather Connor. And if you look, like, I probably wasn't going to mention Natalie Richards. I wasn't going to mention Celine Crum. I wasn't going to mention Gabby Martinez. Um, I, I, I was definitely going to mention Sam Calhoun, yeah. like in, in the mix there. But no, but then the people who aren't, aren't mentioning, like, oh, they could be the best ones. Natalie Richards can potentially put together a formula that's competitive with Amanda Lawrence. Um, uh, Bonica Brown, uh, like I, I, Alexis. I mean, even though she's not in it, but Alexis Jones. Alexis Jones. Could pop, I mean, she, real, real quick, Alexis Jones. And I know you said this before on the podcast, and like how people don't give her love, or just people don't look like. I, she's a freak. Like she's yeah. a freak of nature. Like if you guys don't know who Alexis Jones is, like please, like just like look at what lifts she makes seem very, very easy. Yeah, she makes all of them look easy. It's unbelievable watching her, and she would. I mean, if she had the full, full pro like schedule, she would be in it. Yeah, it's just just uh, if she didn't go to Power of the America, uh, Jessica, just, yes, yeah. like. She would be there, and they would be over these lifters that I would just naturally assume would be there if it wasn't a split. And um, on, on the guy's side, I think it's a little. I, but the, the big surprise would be you and Bob, right? And it's crazy that we're saying that now about Bob because I think Bob is now transcended. Like he is, he even he quickly he's so fast rising. He quickly got through like the he didn't have an underrated face. <laughs> he like blew through the underrated he, he, face. He went straight he didn't have a chance to get underrated yeah. for any reason. So he went from he went from in 2021 Raw Nationals. What did what did he place? Fifth, sixth? 2021? Yeah, 2021. Yeah, six. Or so, I don't know the exact number, but I remember he tried pulling to get into top five and he didn't right. get it. So so it goes from there in the 93s, sixth place total. To where the total that won it was Keiko's eight eight eighty two point five or eight something like that. Yeah, Keiko and, won. Yeah, Keiko, Keiko won. Gavin uh, Gavin second. second. Third but, was. Oh no! I, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. My boy Cameron got it. Chicago, Chicago bringing home th- uh, third place. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. Can't can't believe. Yeah, oh, because it's been it's been a while. It's been a minute, I, and that's my weight class too. And I should be. Yeah, Cam's got fourth, and which I, is still crazy because then Chance. If we were doing a pro finals, he would be one of the guys that we would have probably top five. Yeah. Like, it is it is insane. Because in, in the sport, you think that nothing is going to change. Yeah. You think those guys well, are going to be great forever. And even then, it's, it's, it's just going back to Bob and his rate of progression just real quick. It's like, he went from that. And we knew he was going to make progress. I mean, like us on craft. Like we knew, like, that was just the beginning and stuff. They didn't tune things up. But what? He went from not even totaling 845 to then totaling over 2K and then going more and deeper into that. And now he's going to possibly total over 2,100. Like, it's just like these numbers that he's just compounding, like every single meet is just, you get, you tell someone else that this is going to happen to you. And it's like, what? No, yeah, way. it doesn't him, him. He is the most interesting person because there was a point. I, I remember this conversation. Uh, it was Garrett fear and myself, 2019 nationals. And he said, Bob is going to be a fucking problem in a year. And I'm like, why do you say that? He's like, he's going to be better than Russ. And I'm like, why? why? I'm like, one, why Like, why is it Russ? Yeah. And I'm like, they're different weight classes. But why do you say that? It's like, he's got the, he's got a better deadlift in him. And I think he's got that freak of strength. 
that Russ doesn't have. I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm like, I'm like, what he did, it was him and Debo, uh, Duardley Edward, and then Duardley Edward, I think, won on body weight, so they tied on total in 2019. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I mean, that's fair. I'm like, and also he has the leverages for it. He's strong. Uh, he, you know, he's got a lot, he's got the leverages and the size. He's got everything that you need. And then, you know, COVID hits and all that stuff, you get a little bit of a mix there. Uh, 93, you see the potential there, but it's like, okay, he's hasn't been in the sport for a while. Then we start putting on weights, and there's a hundred kilo weight class that's perfect for him. Then that's when I started, and I didn't believe it because it was like, because Steve, I think, was like, Bob might be the best lifter in the USAPL next year. I'm like, what? I I get he's good. I'm like, I get he can transcend, but okay, so you're saying he's going to be better than Ashton, and this is when you know Atwood is. In the USAPL, I don't, I don't yeah. think he's putting him far above Atwood. I don't think he's putting him, you know, maybe not that far above Perk, too, or even Ashton. But he's saying like, yeah, he's up there in that category. And you're just thinking like, wait, so he just blew past Russ? Like he just blew past like all these like myself? Yeah, like, I'm, I fucking beat him in Nationals. Like, what? like wait, Bob is better than me now? And now it's like, yeah, Bob is way, way better than me. It's pretty crazy because at at Nationals. 2019 or 2021, he's good, solid, and I I think next year he can get a podium spot. And now I'm like, if I could, if I could be in a chance to podium next to Bob, I would be the luckiest (laughs) person ever because that means I would have to beat you and Ash. Yeah. Again, Ash and Ruska is one of those juggernaut lifters that I just would put on the untouchable list for such a long time, and. The like, only way I could get close to Bob is I, if I step over Ash. And- Speaking of Ash, just just I will say that I love this rivalry between Ashton and Bob. Mm-hmm. And ever since the Virginia Pro, the training that Ashton has had since then has, if no one was really like paying attention to the Arnold before, Ash just talked his noise on King of the Lifts. He's bringing all that intensity to his training. Ashton's progression, just overall his trends so far, is looking to, I don't know, total-wise, between him and Bob, I actually don't know who's going to win. No, no, I I don't either. That that is going to be the best battle of Titans when National rolls around with all the guys who are going to be in that weight class. I I cannot wait for that. Um, I mean, because you got Rondell and Keenan, which is kind of the appetizer, the best appetizer ever. Uh, of one the pro finals, but two of like what we're going to see with the international lifters that we have, um, and the USAPL had struck gold with Rondell and Keenan. Like they just, they found their, their gems yeah. with those guys. I'm glad that we have the Rondell and Keenan rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I but there's going to be points where I shit Keenan. Just come up to like Carolina Primetime, just get a pro card or something. Or like, what are these pro card? If you don't get seven seventy five, just fucking Merck, just wipe the floor with people at uh, <laughs> at, at one of these like pro qualifier meets and get yourself a pro card. But because uh, the, the nationals thing is a weird one, but they need to do something where they actually can get them to nationals. Yeah. Um, but Ashton, I don't think gets enough credit for one thing, and I think it's something that. Atwood's total is so good, or is one that one meet was so damn good, and that you know. Him being able to consistently total 790, um, that's great too. Atwood has a hard time staying healthy. Ash has his injuries, but in his injuries, he fucking competes and beats people. Yeah. Like, I know Atwood is beating people, 
But he's beating people in his weight class where he's far above. Ash is just like trying to find challenges and still like he's, you know, he's got the, the, you know, the shoulder problem and he's kind of always in these meets where we don't see Atwood as frequently, but we see Ash at Virginia Pro. We're going to see him. We're going to see him at the Pro Finals. We're going to see him at Nationals. We're going to see him everywhere. And I don't think people give him enough credit for being that good for that long. Because I actually think the longevity of him is possibly better with At- than Atwood because of what we're seeing with Atwood and just not being able. Yeah. Like, the last Atwood we saw was Nationals in Daytona. Yeah. Everything else is a fucking sandbag meet. Yeah. I, was gonna, I was actually talking to Ashton the other day, and I was talking to Ashton saying, I still am inspired by when he was in 93. Like, the total that he had back in with the 2020 Arnold. Yeah. And just things that he's been doing in the sport. Having the first 800-pound pool at a 205 or at a 200-pound body weight. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, he did that back in, 20, like, 2020. We're talking about three years ago. You know? he And I'm talking about officially on a platform. I'm not even talking about his actual training. He's the one who's had an over 700-pound squat. He's the one that pushed bench in the 450s, 460s. He was one of the first pioneers and he's been doing that since he was what, nineteen years old, eighteen years old, as far as like well, I mean, beating people like on the national stage. He, he, when he was sixteen, he or sixteen, seventeen, and eighty-three, he deadlifted or deadlifted seven hundred. So, so like, he, I didn't real, I didn't know that until he showed me the video. Yeah, while being in the military, while you know serving, while working on his PhD, he's doing the life thing. So it's not even like he's sacrificing everything to be the best powerlifter. He's just built for it. Yeah. And he's going like he's he's on trajectory to right now reclaim his crown. Yeah, and, and I'm excited for it. And I, and I do think that there there's occasions where it happens in powerlifting, it happens in every sport too. So we can't really be too upset about it. But as a competitor, yeah. I think it's even fair to be upset about it. Is you know you what you're as good as your last meets, and if you don't win your last meet, then you're not as good as someone else. Um, and that I think is happening to Ashen, yeah. and it's 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 crazy that this is happening. But then you have to go back into the actual history of his career, and not a lot of people can say, not a lot of people can even have the accolades that Ash just have, and also just the way he did it too. Like 2019, it, it's crazy that he was he was an underdog in that meet. Or no, he wasn't underdog. He was favorited, and it was a huge surprise that he lost. Right. That was in 2019 that he was already favorited over Bryce Lewis and Mikey Davis. Like he was, and mostly Bryce Lewis. The fact that he's favored over Bryce Lewis is pretty ridiculous. And I had to go back, pick up the pieces, avenge that loss, did it, and get really into the formula battles with all these big lifters, and was able to do it. But that's what really like. To me, when I'm looking at this meet, so now I'm looking at it from after I compete and I can look back at it, look at the live stream and watch it as a viewer. This is what I love to see is competitors competing, mm-hmm. period. Competitors compete. Com- competitors compete. They they show up and they compete. Having that chip on your shoulder of only being as good as your last meet, yeah, we get angry or yeah, we you know have something in us to where it makes us mad, but it makes us better. Yeah. And we need that in order to elevate. And we want we want things said and we want people to talk shit. We yeah. want people to say whatever. Because well, it only elevates us. I could compare it to Jamar. Like yeah. when Jamar at Corrupted. Because people were coming up to me and it's like, so, you know, Jamar is number two now. And I'm like, yeah. 
He's like, so how you feel? I'm like, well, now I'm pissed off at you <laughs> for asking me this dumb fucking question. <laughs> like, I, like all like, and then actually made them like, I'm like, I, like, I'm not mad at him. I, obviously, I'm not mad at Jamar or have a have a thing like, or just like this. Um, I need to beat Jamar's total. Like, I never had that, but it's more like I think you guys speaking to me about this and like asking the question of whether or not I'm mad. And then kind of like poking, like, oh, it's no longer you and Russ, it's him and it's Jamar and Russ. I'm like, okay, normally that wouldn't make me mad, but it's most, it's now it's coming from other people who aren't Jamar. Yeah. Like, actually, if Jamar said, I'd probably be less mad. And like, other people are saying it, like, and again, like, people are like, oh, you're going to take Jamar. I'm like, I'll totally Jamar. I'm like, I don't, well, I don't care. Is, what, like, well, I don't care also, about like, what do you want someone to say? It's like, no, man, I'm just not I don't feel like actually getting better. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, want to be number one ever. Yeah, I'm just so, here. I yeah. just I love the total I have. I think I'm, I think this is great. Oh, I just saw someone beat me. Hmm. I don't ever want to beat him back. I yeah, don't. I Yeah, it, it's just a weird and also a very awkward thing. It's like I'm just you're a fucking random dude. Yeah. I don't want to go and start saying shit about like me beating Jamar and I don't know the fuck you're going to tell or like even telling you who I don't know, and I, I don't know if you're going to, you know, misconstrue my words or get me off into, th- uh, get me off into a, uh, like, an actual weird thing where, you know, people are making story posts about it or, you know, people are using sound bites of something that you said in a, um, a private conversation. But, yeah, it's just a bizarre thing. But at the same time, like, you're right. Like, you do keep a chip on your shoulder at being like, okay, Jamar and I are going to meet at Nationals, and now is my goal to beat him. Yeah. But then it's also to beat everyone else's at Nationals. And whenever we're at a competition, I have to beat him. Um, yeah, it was it was more like they were like almost like prying me into it because like I was like, I didn't compete at this meet, so I can't be that mad, right? If I was commentating a meet, be like, fuck, I should have executed better six months ago. <laughs> like, what, what am I going to do? I can't fucking do shit. I'm here in the commentator's booth. Like, it... If I was competing and he beat me, then I would be like, yeah, I'm fucking mad. I just lost. Yeah. But no one, you know what the crazy thing is? No one asked me how I felt after Gruden beat me at Arnold's. Really? Yeah, because it's head to head. No one and no one asked that shit. No one's like, how are you holding up after a loss? No one asked that. They asked it after Jamar has a better total than me and a meet that I'm not competing at. I wonder did they ask you that whenever the the is his name Sean or the the one who pulled eight oh four? Oh Shun? Shun? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Shun. Yeah, Shun. I mean it's close. I think I, Yeah, I, I I actually hopefully it's Shun. I'm almost positive. Hey, let us know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but I remember you getting some comments even whenever he took your record. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean yeah, I think I think Angela wants to be better. I mean, and yeah. wants to get it back. I mean it's it's all about him just competing again. I think that's that is the weird thing about powerlifting is they're more. It should be the opposite. They're more responsive to like uh, a lifter taking someone else's total or totaling someone or total uh, totaling someone or taking someone's record when they're not there because it gives them time to say something as opposed to if they were competing with each other. They don't have that time to actually say something. And it should – every sport's the opposite. Like 
if a person has a better week in football or they take someone else's record, they're out of they're they're not like tagging the other athletes. But they would but they would I mean if if the team or the individual beats another person, that's the moment where it's just you're you're getting thrashed, you're getting uh, questioned, you have to deal with all this shit like in the moment, but I don't know, like you're you're I, I'm answering more questions out of meets about other lifters being better than me than in meets and those same lifters <laughs> are being better than me. Like Gruden beating Gruden beating me at Arnold was a direct head to head competition that I straight up lost. And no one said anything. It's so weird. I almost wish that Deuce did something else some um before that. Because I feel like every single time that these things happen, the next meet just gets hyped up. Which is cool, yeah. I guess, for the sport itself and just how it lives. But I, I, I noticed that trend is that like when it, we all compete somewhere else and then finally we compete head-to-head or finally compete somewhere, then there's just so much juice and energy towards that meet. And I guess it's in all sports, you know, some, what does it say? There's no such thing as bad publicity or some yeah. no such thing as, you know, whatever. That is happening right now in the sport. And mm-hmm. it's one of the things like, People ask me all the time, you know, am I am I mad or anything like that? And no, like I love it here. Like I, I love the sport how it is. I love this competitiveness. I love what we're all doing. Whether I agree with everything or not, that's a whole different story. But overall, I'm happy with it because yeah. no one has been as interested into powerlifting as they are right now. Yeah. It's because of all these storylines and all these different um, narratives just throughout the sport. It's kind of interesting that there's there's so much going on in just powerlifting like four years ago never would have cared as much with just yeah. things going on in the sport yeah for sure i i i think social media is actually a good factor in uh, in doing that um i but i do think it's evolving so like we're not quite at a point where they're doing it correctly no no and no. Then of course a guy like me where it's gonna it's gonna piss me off because i i, I mean like we can bring up nationals this year yeah. I beat Gruden at Nationals. No one bought it up at all. That was the rubber match between us. I mean, granted, I, I beat Noriega in the process, and that was a that I, it was a bigger accomplishment in the sense of the powerlifting world. Actually, I'm going to lie. People, actually, yeah, I'm going to take back because people definitely got a Noriega losing against me. There was there was uh, there was a lot of jokes at his expense. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say like I think it's just Gruden. I, maybe maybe it's just Gruden's too low key. I think it's just it's more Sean losing just outweighs whatever you and Gruden had. Yeah, I, I think that's just what it is. It's not even that he's so low key. It's just that Sean lost to Angelo. It's like what? Like Sean yeah. didn't get number two. He got number three, and then that's just everything everyone needed. Yeah, pretty I, much. Yeah, it's it's true. I I do think because well, I think of Nori again. It's it's a little bit different because it is on points. Um, which is there's still a relative competition there. I think if, if Nori was competing eighty two and a half at the Arnold, that would be like if he beats me, it's like I think I would take in the the brunt of it. Like again, I think I think people would have bought it up that he beat me, which they should. I mean, if yeah. if I got that, if I got you know the 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 compliments and the jokes not being made at my expense, then I have to get it when it happens the other way. Yeah, um, that's just that's that's sport. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, um, which is still kind of crazy. Again, 
because Noriega, like another lifter that's competing at the, the pro finals, Noriega, I don't think people, he was one of the first guys to ever reach out to me and congratulate me for my first USAPL meet. Oh, shit. And this really? is when Noriega was number two still. Like, he was he was the number two going into 2019 Nationals. I don't think people gave him much of a shot to beat Russ. I think more people gave him, obviously, in 2021. But it was still like, Russ Sean. That's in everyone's brain. Russ Sean. And 2019, I did a USAPL meet in Chicago. And he was like, congratulations, man. That deadlift is huge. You're going to kill it at Nationals. And I thought, whoa. I've talked to him before. We had like a few conversations over Instagram a few times. But suddenly that, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm like that's crazy, and I I don't, I don't think Nori even knows that like how how big of a respect I had for him. How did Sean find you? Um, I he followed me one day. I think it was I I had a decent following, and I think I was passed around a lot because I was lifting in a super unorthodox way. It was a squat shoes thing, but also like my deadlift technique was so weird. Um, I mean, you were deadlifting in squat. Yeah, it was the heel. So. But I, I that's actually. Not even the worst part of that deadlift. That deadlift was really weird. I, I used to get squat depth on my deadlift. I used to start fucking at below parallel and then like raise my <laughs> hips. And I mean, again, like, and he, I don't know, because I, I had an impressive deadlift still with that. And Noriega reached out to me and congratulated me. And I mean, I, I still have incredible respect from that to this day. Um, but it was, I don't think like, he ever knew like what that meant to me that he reached out because I was under the assumption that every USAPL lifter or most USAPL lifters, Sean Noriega included, are total assholes. And I'm competing in this backyard federation. I'm deadlifting over 700 pounds with possibly lax judging and a deadlift bar. Then I go to the USAPL and he's like the poster boy for USAPL leaders reaching out to me and being like, this is awesome. I can't wait to see you at Nationals. And you're a great lifter. And I'm like, well, that was easy. I fucking got the respect of, like, the USAPL guy. Like, that's crazy. And that – and, I mean, it also debunked every everything I had with the USAPL because that's what everyone told me in the APF and, and USPA that, you know, they're, they're, they're dickheads. They're going to diminish all your accomplishments that you have in APF and WPC – and that wasn't the case at all. Um, Nori was very uh, one, very very kind to of me at nationals. Um, he's and he has been the first person that I've seen after like almost every single big accomplishment that I've had in my powerlifting career. He had mm-hmm. to be the first one to DM me when I told eight hundred. He was in the chat. I know that for that when I when I uh, told eight hundred, he was the first person minus my coach to congratulate me after I broke the American record. He was the first person to congratulate me when I dead, when I uh, took second. And yeah, when, you, when you beat him, yeah, oh, like yeah. it's it's it is crazy. It's like he has been uh, a real like one motivating factor, but someone who I genuinely looked up to. And I think just the competition between us on occasion, like has has might have clouded that. And I'm like, you guys, I'm like, because I don't think I've shared it. You guys don't know how like. Like what Nori has done to me, it or like what Nori has done for me in my powerlifting career. It is it's really cool that he did that back then. But I would even say that a lot of the top USAPL lifters 
of today, especially a lot of the ones in the finals, they're all that way. Like, yeah. we, we all just love good lifts, and we all love supporting each other and love supporting other lifters, and we don't, I don't know, it's like, it's, this year going into the finals, like, all the lifters, I can honestly say, no one really has an ego in, like, as far as, you know, with That's the true. elitist type mentality, I know how things may have seemed from behind, like, I back in the day, but. If I'm being honest, I can't think of too many people, like, who are actually elitist. Yeah. I'm gonna be completely honest. Like as far as like legit true elites, most of the elitists are intermediates. Yeah, that's probably it. Like, I think I don't know. I think everyone talks shit to an extent, but I don't think there's ever gonna be people like someone doing something good. I mean, there's cringe shit that I'm always gonna make fun of. Maybe I'm the maybe I'm the guy. Okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the big, right. I did say we got on a podcast that we gatekeeping. Got yeah, maybe yeah, because I, I did say on a podcast that gatekeeping is good. Um, but uh, like that, like it's not a bad thing. Like that's my actual hot take. That gatekeeping is good for the sport. Uh, but yeah, I we found the elitist. Yeah, I think, okay. I think I think it might be. All right, me take now. back what everything happened? I said. Well, yeah, what happened? The APF guy came and became the 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 elitist in the USAPL. Um, I, but I, I don't think any of us like if we see a good competitor. I, I think that's the myth. If you see a good competitor in another federation. I don't think we're like fuck this guy. And people in other federations think that. Yeah. I, now, I don't think there's any of us who do that. Like, any of any, the top? Or? Any. Yeah, I, I think any of the top guys. Okay. I don't think top, any of the yeah. top guys would be like, if they're doing it cleanly, like, okay, he's not squatting super high. And in raw lifting, you're really not even going to get that. So I'm just, I'm really just going back to like APF. Like, no, you guys are just really wrong about one, how much you think people care about people care about you. That was probably it. People just didn't give a shit about me in the USAPL enough. Yeah, like you to just care. We unless we see the impressive lift or we see the impressive total, like it just not gonna it, catch. Yeah, if I totaled like seven seventy five in twenty eighteen, I squatted it like an inch high and my deadlift was soft. And it was like on open powerlifting as a top five total. I think people would have hated me for probably a decent reason, even though I'm not making the call on my lift. I but think, that didn't happen. I think people would only hate you if when we invite you to the USAPL and you don't come. Yeah. That's when you would get the hate. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I we think, would love the lift, but they just want you to actually like, hey, do it on our standards. Yeah, because no one was really like begging me to come to USAPL because it wouldn't. I wasn't a top ten. I was close to top ten, but it's like you're not going to be in the top five, and really the spotlight goes directly onto the top five lifters. So yeah, I just think I think there was a level of narcissism there with like an APF lifters who think like USAPL lifters give a shit what they what they do because I was one of the best ones. And I don't think anyone really cared about what I was doing because I was. Just, Still, if I put my total in, would be like fourteenth. You're a world champ, though, right? Two time, two time, two time world champ. Um, sometimes people can't distinguish like me and Taylor Atwood's accomplishments apart. I and when I say sometimes, I actually mean all the time oh. because uh, if I tell anyone that <laughs> I'm a two time world champion, then I then I say yeah, same as Taylor Atwood. They're both gonna be like, who the fuck? Is, oh, I don't know who the hell you are or Taylor Atwood, sir. So yeah, uh, two time, yeah, two. Two time, I had to travel overseas for one. Yeah, you went to the what UK? Yeah, went to Manchester. Well, so, I don't know it's it's too regular food. So it's official. 
Yeah. No, it's too regular <laughs> food. I didn't eat I didn't eat the other countries like food. Oh, for um, it's a, and their it's food's right. too like it's actually like they speak English, so it's easier. Makes so, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That definitely has a huge effect. Yeah. yeah. Our rice is different than their rice, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's shittier <laughs> over there. <laughs> it's terrible over there. <laughs> I had to take <laughs> which is such a fucking dumb take. Oh god. <laughs> Me competing in Vegas was way harder than anyone competing in South a- Africa. Way fucking harder. You're... Oh, no. Nope. I... Oh, no. Uh, maybe for you, me being in Vegas for four <laughs> days, not being able to drink any alcohol, not being able to do anything fun, not being able to stay up to an irresponsibly late time and enjoy every great thing Vegas has to offer... Is if I went to South Africa, that would be a massive advantage. Be like, okay, I'm just gonna stand my whole time. I don't know. I was listening to the Mix Galen podcast and them getting randomly pulled over by some questionable guys and not knowing if they're gonna make it to their place. I was like, all right, okay, maybe y'all have a point there. Maybe, but, maybe there, yeah, maybe there. But, but the ones who made it to the hotel safely, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I. I, I guess I didn't listen that far, but still, I mean, but at the same time, it's like, why the fuck are you guys having world championships in South Africa? Like, stop doing dumb shit. Like, stop having it in these terrible places no one wants to go. South Africa is not a place I want to go to. I'm not, I, don't even, I don't even know if it's dangerous. I just don't want to go to South Africa. I don't want to go where the apartheid happened. Yeah. I don't want to go there, man. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'll be pretty chill on that. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, like, why so, just have it somewhere else, please. Have it in Canada. I, I would go to Canada in a heartbeat. I would go to I would go to anywhere really in Europe. Yeah. Malta sounds decent. Malta I know sounds they're doing nice. Malta. Like Sweden was probably nice. Yeah, Sweden probably were. Okay, so there. Me competing in Vegas would be is harder than me going to, to Sweden. Okay. I will have an easier time transitioning to because I don't I don't know what I want to do in Sweden. Only thing I would probably especially with the Sweden that they were going to. So I'd probably just, Go in my hotel room the entire time. And be like, okay, I'm just gonna sit here and rest up and also, do everything that I need was, to do. Speaking of Vegas, outside of the the drinking and all that, like Vegas was rough in general. That heat was. I you know we're living in Houston and most people come oh, yeah. to Houston they complain about the heat and they complain about the humidity. Being in Vegas when that wind was hitting and it was 117 yeah, degrees outside, was that was I don't know I forgot it that got windy. hot wind. You feel like you're in the oven. That's different. Yeah, that was that was hard to deal with. Yeah, I I'm I'm just gonna keep going to like the sports book is just there, and that's like that's like my my heaven is being at a sports book drinking beer and then just watching sports. Yeah, that was probably a dangerous place for you. Yeah, it was like that's my I I can't do and you're sitting there every single day not doing something and you're like I could easily just go and do that. And you know what? I wasn't able to because I competed and then of course I, you know, had Vegas things to do with my girlfriend and then then I had to I had to commentate. So you know what that means? I ain't going to do shit. You know what that means? What? Next week you should have a really easy time. <laughs> Because in Columbus, Ohio, there is yeah. nothing but <laughs> yeah. No, I have yeah. There is nothing. Well, I'm gonna be getting. I'm gonna be getting in a day before. You know, yeah. like uh, like you know, at least 24 hours in advance. I'll be there, and it's like yeah. There's no temptation there. No it's, temptation. Yeah, it's Just all fitness and sports. Yeah, uh, Memphis. Actually, Memphis is gonna be hard. 
Because we're apparently we're gonna be right on Beale Street. Yeah, yeah. Beale Street is sick. I know Memphis is a, a, apparently a dangerous city. Yeah, you can have that. Beale that's, Street is that's sick. That's the ghetto. Beale Street? No, Memphis. Oh, okay. No, Beale Street's cool. Ever been? I've never been. It's uh, I mean, it's it's kind of my speed as far as like food, music, and obviously, I mean, everywhere has beer, but it's. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's uh, I'm a, I'm, and rock I'm and roll kidding. capital of the world. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go out. I'm still gonna like eat stuff and enjoy myself. I'm just not gonna really go far. No, I'm no. I'm, well, that's the thing. We're right <laughs> on Beale Street. Though. Yeah, like, there's really nothing else to do in Memphis aside from Beale Street. Yeah. So you're you. Yeah, we're, I when I went there when I was a kid, and I had a really good time when I was a kid on Beale Street. But now as an adult, I'm like I like blues music, I like beer, I like good food. They got real good food. Really good fucking food, um, and that's and that's what we did as far as fun goes. We just went up Beale Street, and just went to different restaurants. There's you know a lot of outdoor music playing. Okay. It's a, it's, I love it's a pretty cool music. experience. It's a, it's nice, but yeah, I mean maybe there would be temptation there to go out and do some things. Yeah, but Columbus, there's never really anything. Uh, I mean, there's it is a time though afterwards, like. No. Just bar hopping and yeah, it's a college town, so they do have a, a plentiful amount of bars. And it's it's a funny weekend. It's just funny because it's how many meatheads and different types of meatheads no, too. That's what I was gonna say. Is like so, there's nothing really there. But when all of us are there, all the different crowds and all the different bars and all the different late night scenes and the regular people looking at us, it's like the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, it's like well, they're like used to it by now. They're like. I, I don't know. Thing. I don't think they're ever going to be used because we're new. There were new freaks every year. Every year, it's a new batch of freaks. Yeah. Well, it's just now. I'm wondering how many TikTok influencers are there, oh, and now because that's going to be the new you thing, just right? Thought. Uh, yeah. You just put that in my head. That's a new Ooh, thing, though. That is a new TikTok. Way, that's a new way. TikTok is everything. Yeah. So it's TikTok. As it was a big time YouTube influencers now. Mm. I know um, old school, because I, I, I got into like fitness and stuff around 2012. So not really powerlifting, but you know, fitness. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for bodybuilding in me wanting to compete with it, but I did follow along with like some of the stuff that's going on. And a lot of the old school bodybuilders would talk about like YouTubers and all this stuff and YouTube bodybuilders. And they were like, they never really done anything. They haven't competed. They haven't done shit. They haven't won shit. And it was kind of like old man yells at cloud for like a lot of these YouTube. And now I have a respect for YouTube influencers. And I just fucking hate TikTok influencers. And I'm like, oh, did that turn into like, did it just, did the pendulum flip? Because I say the same shit that like Dorian Yates was saying about these guys who walk around with YouTube cameras with. A lot of fans, but no accomplishments. Yeah, it is. I don't even know who's who's the who's who. I don't know like, either. But like, it's usually how it used to be when I was first getting into fitness and looking at people and influence and stuff. It used to be when you were famous or you had influence, you you did something, and it's like you saw it's like, oh wow, that's impressive. I want to be like that person because of what they did. Like yeah. you look at the fittest man on earth, you look at Matt Frazier. You know, when you look at the strong man, you see what they're doing. You see Brian Shaw. Like you're like, oh yeah, like I know they like Eddie Hall. Like I seen what you do and how freak like a freaking nature you are. I'm gonna follow you and you are influencing me because of your accomplishments. Nowadays it's just like 
I don't Who get it. Who put the best batch of 15-second videos together and made you cry or I, laugh or I don't, be depressed yeah. or Well, I get well I get I get the comedy part. I get that stuff. I don't get it, I guess as far. I mean, I'm really looking at powerlifting goes mm. because it does feel like it's a it's a everyone's uh, lifting because their girlfriend left them. Yeah, the sad boy shit. Mm-hmm, sad boy uh, I mean, which is weird because I'm like, I'm like, do I do I get do I make fun of people who are going through de- depression? But at the same time, no. like, <laughs> no, your girlfriend I, left you. <laughs> I I <laughs> only I only make fun of it when it's the same type of video every single time, and you're doing it for views. Yeah, well, of course, because there's a lack of genuine. I'm just. I, I don't know why I can't think of the term for it or like an actual comparison, but it just feels like it's it's like a clone making machine with TikTok influencers, and I don't know what exactly I'm grabbing. And I'm like, why are you different from this person? You look the same. You do the same shit as that person. Why are you an influencer that has an equal amount of views as the same guy doing the same shit that you're doing? That's kind of what I'm seeing with like TikTok influencers and powerlifting and fitness. Because they just all seem to be one. There's a level of like arrogance and douchebaggery that they have that I don't like. Mm. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't know TikTok influencers. Well, I don't know that I for powerlifting. Yeah, uh, there, there's some. I don't know. I, I guess yeah. I, I guess it'll be correlated between them and fitness. Gotcha. But it feels like if you're going to be a powerlifting TikTok influencer, you have to act like a or a powerlifter TikTok influencer. You have to act like one of the douchebag fitness influencers in order to reach that audience because a lot of the people on TikTok are douchebags. Well, yeah, because it's easier to follow someone who's being an asshole or someone who's like loud and obnoxious than it is to kind of get drawn in by someone actually doing some cool shit. It's kind yeah. of like they don't really care about that. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, it makes sense. Like if we went on TikTok, I don't know if you're on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. I deleted my TikTok last week. Okay. Well, but like, granted, maybe the shit we just post is super boring. Yeah. Like I, watched just, it, I watched it for comedy. I don't have yeah, like, to Yeah, well, that's that's why a lot of people, I mean, I, but like, maybe this, uh, maybe ours just is boring. Like, we're just posting a single and that should be like, okay, just deadlift 800 pounds. That's cool. Just did 600 for 10. I don't know. Like, it's just all this my, stuff shit. Like, my thing is like, I do think that what we do Social media wise, like a lot of us, I mean, just posting lists, sometimes it is boring. But when we do spice it up, or at least if it is something really crazy and impressive, like that's like that should actually drive someone to want to do something. But nowadays it's like, I'm sorry, but if you're if you're doing something that you literally just hopped into the gym and you're only two months in. But you're very creative and you're learning how to like use TikTok and you're using these things to your advantage. I don't think you should be influencing in the fitness space. Like that's great that you're funny or that's great that you're whatever, but stay to that genre. I yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I guess this is I guess this is more like a total old man he has a cloud moment. Because I yeah. just don't even know where I'm like trying to even place my me being upset. But then also I realize like it's not, it's, it's weird. It's not, hey, look at me moments. Yeah. Deadlifting 800 pounds, even though that, like, that is the prototypical, hey, look at me moment when you're doing a really heavy single. 
and it, there's there's a lot of weight that everyone will see. Like they, everyone can recognize, like that's a lot of weight on that bar. So if you're not acting like a horse's ass and screaming after the fucking set is over, before <laughs> the set, then no, well, screaming has to happen way before the set. Yeah, like the the first initial shot of you walking in has to be zoom in, scream, bang your head against the bar. <laughs> uh, I feel like blood has to come in. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, get a little blood. Yeah, a little blood just for flavor. Yeah, a little little bloodshed. I'm not gonna lie. With Larry Wills and him bleeding from top of his head. Well, that was while he was lifting. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And he's doing some impressive. Like, that, that's I'll always respect that. Just to be clear on the blood thing, I'm not saying that that's, like, something extra. You don't fucking blade yourself going into the gym. <laughs> yeah, please. Like, <laughs> just say that that was just, like, don't, a really cool moment. Yeah, don't Ric Flair yourself going into the gym and just blade your forehead. <laughs> uh, then, like, get some color going. Um, yeah, like, you're you're not acting like a horse's ass, so uh, people aren't, like, going to view it, and it's like, okay, you have to act like a horse's ass in order to do that, and that's strange, because um, you shouldn't want to do that. You should do that. Like, you should not be a douchebag, like, in public. Um, that's, do you see that, f- I don't know, I don't even know the lifter, it's on the Power Build podcast, people send it to me. He said something along the lines of, like, you think you're hot shit because you squat 700 pounds and don't celebrate after it. Like, oh, I'm humble. Like, shut up. No. Like, be excited. Be like, like it's cool being cranked out of caffeine. If you hit, like, 135, that's a goal you celebrate. Yeah, own that shit. And I'm like, I never hated someone more than I hated that person who just said that. Because, like, no, we're just not douchebags. Like, that's what, like, you're, you're, you're misconstruing you, being humble or being pretend humble. And then you being an obnoxious douche that makes all the intention go on you. Yeah, but it's also, like. Are they saying that they're humble? Like, sometimes yeah, if you just, say that, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Like, saying that you're humble is just... Hey, just go on but I'm humble. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, like, that's, what a what a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that's, an, like, that's the least <laughs> humble thing that you can do. What a so, prick. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you're someone... Because I'm not very expressive when it comes to things that I view as normal or I view I should be doing it. Yeah. And it's not because I'm humble. It's just because I just genuinely don't care to want to scream yeah because i'm in a public place with exactly. people around me and that's you know that's there's more a mother over there and if i scream she may like freak out you know yeah it's so, it's it's more other people you just don't know and there's a general but if there's someone who's screaming and there's someone who's like excited about something and is genuine no one's even booing or or mad at that person either because it's like oh you just did do something pretty crazy yeah or you did have fun with that like that's cool but if every single session is a scream session yeah what's your program look like because why is all your days that exciting yeah exactly yeah that's you just did a set of eight i know well, you're that, not excited i know i know i've been going to gyms long enough where i know people are genuinely happy after hitting a lift and when people are genuine or and when people are just looking for attention yeah and i would say that i don't know this guy's name but i'm like yeah you like i could tell like you want the clout you want attention and that's what you're doing you want attention as opposed to like um you being genuinely happy that you're doing a certain weight and i i'm just i'm always like imagine it, like if you're at a coffee shop and some guy just started coming in, fucking like he was on his laptop. He's like, "Fuck yeah, fuck yeah." The hell's wrong with you? You're what? You're in a coffee shop. You're being a dick. Like if you're in a public setting, which is a gym, like it's it's actually acceptable to be good. It's actually acceptable to be pumped up for a lift, but you know we all know there's a limit to it. 
Yeah. Like, like, and, it, just, and it does get a little bit annoying. Going, I don't want to. I don't want to annoy people. You're going for a top set. You have spotters around you. People can anticipate something. Yes, scream, do the things that you would genuinely do. Have fun with it. Scream. Yeah, all the things that are like normal for how you're feeling in that moment. But if you're on your second to last warm up, you don't have. There's no real reason for like all that like animosity, and you're only doing it because you have a camera on you and you're wanting to post this online. For a story post or just a part of a reel, yeah, it's like, okay, just yeah, like, just just be a little like, just chill. Yeah, you're in section. Yeah, it's 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 a second whoring. But all right, we are over an hour, featuring. Um, unless there's something you want to really get off your chest, make a headline no. at the end of it. No, uh, I don't. I don't have anything to to get off my chest. Just the Arnold should be. A really good day. Uh, history will be made by a lot of lifters. And I think that everyone who tunes in will be in for the best day of powerlifting that the world has seen thus far. So. Okay. Well, that's a headline right there. Um, I know that for a fact that, I don't know, It's as a fan, I would be excited for it. As a fan, I am excited for it. Um, one of the bad things about doing these meets is like you can't just sit there in a live stream and just watch it without no worry or anxiety at all because you're going to be either competing at it or maybe it's the day before. Like yeah. I can't watch it because it's like, man, I don't want to see anyone fail a lift right now or like you know go three for nine because yeah, that's, that's my biggest fear ever. Fucking Rondell and Keenan, I have to. Yeah, like, we can't see it. I can't watch it. Yeah. We really cannot watch it, and I gotta look at highlights. Yeah, then you, and then actually, well, because I mean, last year, because I know last year wasn't like the full Arnold thing, but the the last year's amateur battle too was a blast. Right. Like I was not sitting there like sometimes when I commentate meets, man, I'm just waiting till the like the meet is over. It's like I, I I'm not gonna lie, it. last year. <laughs> I wanted to watch y'all on the Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. That live stream was just really no, we weird. Couldn't. And I watched the the amateur session. That that was tight. Like that oh, was yeah, a very sure. good. I do not blame Arnold you. Watch. Um, I did not know what the deal was with the Grand Prix. I didn't know it was like the Arnold streaming. That thing. was weird. So I didn't know it was gonna be that way. So people were like, people were like mad at me. And I didn't drop the live stream link. I'm like, I said, I don't even know what the live stream. Is. I don't think I could give it to you. Like I have to pay for it. Like yeah. I can't do it. Like. Like, and then you're going to mad at me, and then they have to fucking pay. Like, and it was a good deal, because you're watching all the stuff that's happening in the Arnold, but I'm, like, I, uh, yeah. yeah I we had to treat that like Netflix passwords, and we just all, like, Yeah, I don't, I don't even know, like, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm like, I'm not going to give you, I'm not buying shit so you guys can, <laughs> you guys can watch me. <laughs> Fuck that. So, yeah, I know, I know, like, the, you know, the live, it, it's going to be great with an actual good live stream with the C-Pod, because uh, we do get to control that, but. Yeah, the, the amateur last year was that that could be a highlight too. But the only bad thing about that, I I wasn't able to watch it live. Mm. I was watching it on the monitor in the back where you couldn't see any reaction. You couldn't see that's the problem with the USAPL. I Means at times it's like you're in a back room, yeah, and I can't actually be out there like seeing that. But Daytona Nationals, that was when I was watching the ninety threes. I was fucking so amped for Keiko. That yeah. was that was a lot of fun. Just being apt for Keiko, being apt for my friends. That's probably. I will say that I hope that I get that this feeling sometime soon. Being able to like, I don't know, actually watch some lifters. Like I'm excited for CNETs for that reason, just because 
I wish I could have like the crowds experience that they're gonna have at the Arnold. It's where you just watch. Yeah, like, I, I would, have not I would watched love to watch a Keiko. I've not watched me in a long time. Yeah, I would. I would just love to watch. Like if I was able to be there live and just like watch Keiko do his thing, like one of my favorite lifters, like that. Would, yeah, be crazy. I have not watched a live meet. I'm when I say I've clearly watched a lot of meets, mm-hmm. but I haven't just sat there and watched a meet in a, in a long time. Like just sit there and not have to commentate or yeah. do anything. Because even for Jamar's meet, like that was the closest thing I got. But even then, I was working the whole time. Yeah, and that was just the little bits and pieces that I could see him just ball out. That was great, and I'm like, man, to just watch this stuff live is just in, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, also, if you guys are listening, uh, think about it one year. Just go into Columbus not as a lifter, just as a fan. It's usually a really good time, especially if you're young. Like, I think I think it's a great spot for, like, 21 to, like, 26-year-olds, oh, yeah. like, to go and... Getting fresh in the sport, go watch. Go, wa- go and, watch. Go watch One of the fun things to do at the Arnold's is going to the gyms. Just training, yeah. You know, when you, when you're young in the sport, you're you know uh, kind of wide eyed. Though the like going to all these gyms while you know you're you're seeing some of your role models train is is a really is a really cool thing about the Arnold experience. So hope I see a lot of two white lights fans there. We might do a little giveaway or maybe a game that we can play like a scavenger hunt. Oh, actually, go by Massonomics's booth and just. <laughs> I can start knocking shit down. You, you started having a scavenger hunt. I was just like, oh, you about to make these kids go crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Go by, yeah, go by Massonomics. Go by Mass. So here's here's the giveaway idea. Go by Massonomics booth. Record yourself just saying, Two White Lights is the podcast of the year," and just walk away from them. <laughs> I gotta think of something. Or no, yeah, yeah. I got. I gotta think. Yeah, I gotta think of something. Like, what was it? What was it? Oh, yeah, cause or just go up to him and and say, "Prepare for war, motherfuckers," and just and just walk away from them. Just no, keep on doing it slowly. Yeah, slowly. Yeah, the you, crew. Yeah, you, you can't just walk away fast. You can't just say it and run. You have to be like, because they have prepare to, for war, motherfuckers, and just yeah, slowly walk away. Yeah, the crew can't do anything to us because we don't have a booth. So that. Massonomics, we can do anything we want while you're at the when you're at the booth, but yeah, yeah, that that, that would be the challenge. Just go to Massonomics and, and start fucking shit up around the booth, like sort of like you know, just take your folded like you know clothes and just like start like <laughs> make it seem you're gonna buy a bunch of merchandise and then don't. Yeah. Like ask ask to see everything that they have, and they have a lot in like different sizes. <laughs> just don't buy it. <laughs> I actually wonder if they'll get mad at me for that one. Like, okay, you're, you're taking this a little bit too far. They'd probably just stop people from coming. They're like, <laughs> they're just like, all right, you're, a you're like, all right. After the third time, you have to suddenly leave my booth. Yeah, I don't know. We gotta think. Yeah, I actually think like them recording and just saying two white lights is better than you, and them walking away. Yeah, that would. Uh, I think that I think that would do it. Just that would. Just uh, yeah, and then you you post that on your story, and then we pick from the story who had the best one. I'm actually like, sad, man, because. It's no Steve. So there's no commercial gym story. Oh yeah, there isn't. I don't. Um, I mean, I could give you one that probably is true. Some guy was in the gym, and his fetish was uh, using the hand, uh, the 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 chalk to 
to fucking. Uh, it's always it always just seems like it's a weird fetish thing, and then it ends up someone jerking off. <laughs> it, it seems I was, like, I was like, like stories. I was like, okay, so are you saying that he's took, right. no? Like, I could probably make up one just oh. like based on what Steve so what like, do you do typically with the goes to. I don't know. Oh, you just made this up? No, I'm making it up. Doesn't it sound like a commercial gym story? It's like, yeah, so it was this one guy. It sounds just like Steve. I was, the gym, I was bought in. And he would <laughs> come in and start, like, putting the chalk, like, all over his body. And I'm like, what's the deal with that? So I'd ask people, like, what's his deal with this guy? What's wrong with him? So anyway, this guy... Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go with this story. <laughs> You're killing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought, Steve was, the roof. On that? I thought yeah. Steve was in the room for a second. I don't know. You may be able to do so it. So I'm like, by what? Yourself. what in the world? And yeah, the, the police had to come. Like he, he would not stop putting chalk all over his body. And it turned into a problem. Like it was making a mess of janitors. So... Yeah, long story short, uh, the cops, that's the commercial gym And story. believe it or not, this is actually a real commercial gym yeah. story happening <laughs> somewhere. And they're like, I remember yeah, that guy. Yeah. That, that, I mean, yeah, that probably has happened. Where I wouldn't some be, weird thing based off Steve's stories, nothing was surprising. Yeah, exactly. Like, I could make, it feels like everything is on the table. Like, everything is on the table. It's like, so you want to hear about the uh, story that one guy bought AK-47 into the, like, Okay. All right. Sure. I, I, that I'm could kidding. be a story that I don't know. <laughs> well, on on the made up commercial gym story of the week, that'll do it for two white lights. We'll see you guys after the Arnold piece.